Hello everyone, welcome to Episoda Podcast. We want to show you what kind of companies we have in the UAE region, inspire you with a great business stories and introduce you to the cutting-edge technology. A little disclaimer, today's episode is an extract from the video interview, so for the best experience and better context, you can watch the full episode on our YouTube channel. And now, let's jump to the episode. mainstream brands coming in and pumping budget, time, effort, and support into that system. Let me start today with a question. A multi-billion dollar industry, enthusiastic audience, what that could be? Well, it is a gaming market. Today, I'm in Dubai production city. I will meet Matthew, and he will tell us more about gaming industry itself and their company, Power League Games. Let's check it out. I would like to hear your story, like personal story. How did you end up here? Okay, so um, 15 years in, uh, in Dubai, in the region. So I, was, um, I came uh, out of university and went into uh, join Red Bull. And I was at Red Bull for uh, a couple of years running brand experience, digital. And then I, I joined uh, TBWA and I was in London for a number of years. And then we had family here and I came over and joined them. Um, and I was offered a position to run an agency, did that for a couple of years. And, uh, then I, um, built a business here based around digital and, uh, new tech, okay. uh, exited that. And then I've joined, uh, joined PLG. So I've been here a year, you know, super rapid growth. We've grown almost a hundred percent in the last year. Uh, and obviously just our biggest move has been moving into the new PLG studios. And what about PLG itself? What's the story? How did they start it? How- it's about Eight years, so PLG is almost eight years old now, um, and uh, it was set up right back in the days when you know a lot of the work that was coming out of PLG was um, brand activations for things like malls, mall environments. Okay. So working with the Tissalat, running you know um, land tournaments where you had five v five in a mall um, operation, um, and what we've done over the particularly the last year um, and last five years is is migrate further away from physical environment, much more into um, digital experience, um, online activations, and also, as you can see with this studio, um, much more focused on content now as well. Um, the content side of what we do um, is becoming ever more important for our brand partners. Um, and the reason is that when you look at you know, physical world um, activations and events, there's a lot of heavy lifting, there's a lot of budget, a lot of time involved yeah. in that. Um, and what we do at our core as an agency is work with our brand partners to help um, reach Arabic gaming audiences. Um, and content is a fantastic way of doing that. So for you, it's like, not a problem that physical events stopped? No, not at all. I mean, look, it's, it's always fantastic to put on a, a huge live event somewhere. And there's nothing better than you know, packing a stadium with thousands of people and seeing you know, pro teams battle it out. For the um, gaming event, but yeah, for gaming, you know, it's 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 hugely popular here. It's not, you know, it's it's only getting stronger and stronger. And look, we we'll, we will get back to that day, and we'll we'll welcome it. We're talking to to uh, a lot of lot of people in Abu Dhabi and Saudi now about when we can get back into um, arenas and pack them out. Um, and there's plans in the pipeline, but you know what we what we were already doing is moving into a much more kind of um automated online format for our tournaments 
Um, and we've done that. I think all that's happened during 2020 is it's put more of a focus on that. Uh, you know, people being at home, um, pro players being at home, not being able to travel, yeah. um, to be able to participate in tournaments. The only way to do that has been to participate online. You just mentioned that, of course, you need to extend and, of course, visa number. So what kind of, I don't know, what kind of people working here? So we've got, we're set up as a, a full service agency. So PLG, if well, I'm often often asked to explain it. So we're, we're a gaming agency, gaming and esports agency. And the only difference with between us as an agency and a, um, you know, a standardized creative agency is the fact that we work specifically in gaming. Um, so the, the games, the titles, the publishers, there are IP that we use to connect a brand with okay. a gaming audience. So in terms of how we're set up, um, as with any full service um, integrated agency, we've got account teams and strategy teams and digital teams, um, content teams, social teams, media teams, and, and we offer an end-to-end -end solution. So as a brand, um, whether it's uh, Adidas or KFC or Lenovo or any of our other clients, they will come to us and say, look, here's our annual strategy. We want to shift the perception of the brand within gaming audiences or build brand equity with gaming audiences. How do we do that? Um, and we'll spend the time to build them a strategy, design all the assets, design the, uh, the roadmap, produce the content, yeah. the experiences, and manage it all end-to-end. -end. Okay. And wh why the brands? Why the brands want to come, let's say, to the gaming industry? I think, look, there's a couple of reasons. Um, you know, ga gaming and esports is an incredibly rapidly growing uh, segment. Um, when you overlay um, the fact that the gaming industry is worth more than uh, the music industry um, and the box office combined, Altogether, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's a staggering size. Um, so you overlay that again with the fact that the, the MENA territory, 30% of MENA identify as gamers, which is just shy of 175 million people. Um, what might be surprising is that in the gender split of that audience, 44% um, are female. Um, and then you've got 56% uh, which, are, which are male. So it's falling closer into equilibrium all the time. And what's interesting is that um, with, with our partners like Lenovo, actually we've, we've built platforms out specifically to engage and champion female gamers. So we have a thing called Miss Esports, okay. which is a platform which started as an incubator for um, young um, female gaming talent to try and give them the tools to either become streamers, uh, or influence in the gaming space, or um, perhaps connect them with some of the, the publishers that we have um, connections to and give them an opportunity to work in that environment. And it's moved on to have its own show, and now it has its own kind of um, secure channels for communication. It has its own tournaments. You mean um, all that program? Just for Miss Esports. Yeah. So that answers to um, you know, that 44% of the MENA population. So I think when you look at all of this, the speed at which uh, the gaming audiences are growing, fastest, fastest in the world, um, you know, the volume of people that you have playing, the frequency um, that you have of people playing, uh, the MENA and particularly the GCC within MENA is, is, is a focus point for that. So as a brand wanting to reach, you know, young, engaged audiences, yeah. um, then, you know, the gaming sector is, is why it's of such interest in them. And you mentioned that your agency is only Arabic content. We're not only Arab, um, Arabic content, but we, I would say 95% of what we, we output from these studios is Arabic. So we're, 
although I'm British, this is an Arabic yeah. uh, Arabic um, agency. So um, I would say nine out of ten people here, Arabic's their first language. Okay. Um, but also, you know, the way that we produce shows, um, we're on the set for High Outcome here for Lenovo um, and Intel, and you know, this is produced purely in Arabic. Um, and all the content, the support, um, the communications on social, everything is in Arabic. And I'd say, again, I'd say, you know, 90, 90% of what we do here as an agency is about reaching Arabic audiences um, for the probably the primary reason that, um, you know, MENA is our focus. Um, and within MENA, GCC uh, is probably uh, even more of a focus. And within GCC, KSA uh, is the primary country of, of focus for the brands that we work with so obviously the natural progression there is to produce in arabic all right yeah you also mentioned this like talents gaming talents influencers like what does it mean what what is a gaming talent so we um you break down gaming talent there are people that work on our shows which might be show hosts or okay. analysts um or observers so those are people that work in the kind of esports ecosystem to produce an experience or a show. But does um, it mean that they are good gamers or? No, so those are people that would would actually look at a tournament and, and, and observe people okay. that are, um, you know, an observer is somebody who, when you're running a tournament, they will sit and they'll actually look at pe how people are playing and make sure, see where the action is and where the camera wants to follow and things All like right, that. Yeah. The show hosts, which we call talent as well, those are people that are great in front of the camera. So much like any kind of sporting activity or, or show, you'll have yeah. people that Ooh, commentate. Yeah. Exactly. From an influencer perspective, we work with um, uh, two types. So there are obviously micro and, and macro. Um, and then there are gamers and non-gamers. So when we build out um, our activations or our content, we'll, we'll usually work with a mix. And those are people that are credible gamers that have, um, you know, a lot of engagement and reach. And we'll usually work with them to help sort of position our content or the brand or the brand communications or the registration for a tournament so that they can they can help sort of supercharge that reach for us. But what we also do is, like with Miss Esports, um, that ecosystem is about having, you know, credible uh, gamers who might not be the biggest influencers, but yeah. we want to involve those people in our ecosystems as well. So there's there's multiple layers. All right. Well, but what does it mean for those gamers now? Like, let's say, is it all cliche, you know, gaming is a wasting of time, at least from the parents' perspective coming. Yeah. But now I keep hearing or finding titles, you know, oh, my kid's now brought one and a half million dollars just yeah. because of one tournament. Yeah. How does it change now, this perspective? So there's a, there's a couple, of, um, couple of ways it's changing. I think... Um, when you look at the ecosystem five years ago, you know, it was fledgling. Uh, it was nothing like what it was today. So it's, it's supported now by uh, mainstream brands coming in and pumping budget, time, effort, and support into that system. What that means is now that there is a, a much broader range of um, competitive opportunities for players. So you might not be playing in the $2 million League of Legends uh, tournament, but you may may have access quite easily to a community cup in your country or in your city where you can be a good player and have an opportunity to win ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. Okay. So the flip side of that is, I wouldn't say that that's it, it's not a accessible format for everybody. You have to be a fantastic player, and that's only a very small percentage. Um, what we find brands are doing now, and what we do on a daily basis here, is produce 
um, tournaments that are accessible for all. So whilst you may not, you know, um, you'd have to be a very good player to, to reach the grand prize. Yeah. Within our branded ecosystems for Nampshire, Adidas or KFC, we produce things for tens of thousands of players where you could be, you know, a 16 year old kid and you want to play competitively with your squad, with your friends. And, you know, within that environment, we'll also work with the brands to distribute things like codes or vouchers or offers so that okay. even by participating, you're getting something back. And so, that's where the industry is really changing. So having fun and on top, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully getting rewarded for, for, for having fun as well. Yeah. Is the age bracket now we have, like for, I don't know, the word gamer? Do we have like, is it only young, 16 years old or? No, it's actually, it's, it's much broader than that. So, I mean, what we tend to do on a, a daily basis is here, we, we will have rules and regulations where um, our, our barriers to entries usually stop around 16. So 16 to 35 is where we focus most of our time and energy. Uh, and from a commercial perspective for brands, that, that's, that makes sense for them as well. But um, your yeah, gamers are very broad. I mean, gamers now, it's, it's, it's your... It's your, uh, you know, hardcore 17-year-old who's playing Fortnite, you know, um, five, six hours, seven hours a week competitively um, to, um, you know, uh, a dad like myself who maybe plays Call of Duty twice a week yeah. uh, at, at the weekends with his buddies. So it's a very broad spectrum. But, you know, the opportunity um, for people that play once a week to once a day um, as I said, is is huge, and by far away the when we look at the frequency of people playing. So that thirty percent I mentioned across Mina, yeah, um, almost half of those are playing daily, which is which is huge. So it's like playing daily as a hobby, or is it already a job? No, as a as a hobby. Yeah. A hobby. So you have you segment that by pro teams as well. So within the gaming ecosystem, you have pro teams, okay, uh, teams that are paid, sponsored to be able to play um, right. to to try and win prize money. Um, and then the vast majority of people that you know access our tournaments for a positive experience within the branded environment. Okay, what's happening? What's what's the vision for PLG? What's next? So the vision for PLG is, as I said, I mean we've um, we're growing very rapidly. Um, we've got the new facility. Um, we've got space here to scale. Um, but the um, we are now expanding. We have offices offices already in Egypt, where we have a lot of our animation and production and editing work okay. in Egypt. Um, where we're moving now is expanding with an eye on Saudi. So Saudi will probably be the next market for our, our point of entry. Um, we already work across MENA, um, and actually, you know, from where we're sat geography-wise. Um, and the reason that we built this facility is that we can work remotely from here across the entire region. Um, but in terms of physical expansion, um, we've, we've got an eye on Saudi as being our next office to open. So, for example, Saudi tournament, you can fully manage and control from your, I don't know, control everything, room? Everything from here. So, um, we actually work, we, we work MENA-wide from this location. So... A number of our clients, um, the great thing about the, the facility that we have here now and the way that we're working with online qualifiers and sets which are produced and managed remotely is that we can deliver an experience in Arabic, in English, in Hindi, uh, across the region and distribute it and manage it uh, at a much lower price point. From a commercial perspective, um, you know, this is the first facility of its kind in the region where you have end-to-end -end offices, you know, uh, 
comfortable areas for clients. We've got production facility, editing, live broadcast, all of that under one roof. All right. Uh, la last point about I don't know, virtual reality games. Are you guys doing or, or what kind of future you see for it? For VR, so I think that VR has been, it's had a rough ride over the years. I think it, it, it came out of the blocks kind of late 90s or late late 80s, early 90s, and it, it was very blocky and it was, yeah. you know, it was one of those typical technologies that launched ahead of its time, I think. It's got opportunities. It's got scalability issues. You know, what we tend to do here is activations for brands which activate um, and engage mass audiences, you know, talking to tens of thousands of people. VR is quite difficult mm. to to do that. And that's that's an accessibility issue on the customer side. Um, where I think uh, VR has huge application um, is in you know the medical space, uh, in the training space, um, and actually with the EMU we have a space already designated for for VR. Um, it's just at the moment we haven't found the, the best scalable, application yeah. for it. Yeah, so I would say VR within branded environments, you know, deliver a return on investment probably a difficult product to be to be working with from a kind of you know um technical excellence or experience perspective um and definitely for training and remote training i think it's really interesting training education yeah absolutely yeah so for the last point how do you see the let's say your company or the industry itself after five or ten years the things that we can't see now what you think in the future definitely gonna be so i think what will what will happen is uh, we've just had the next generation of kind of uh consoles which is you know your home entertainment systems home gaming entertainment so that's probably going to be um that's going to be consistent now for the next five years you've obviously always got you know pc um leading the forefront in terms of experience and graphics um, you've got a lot of the uh, the tech industry coming out with amazing innovative products um, like Nintendo Switch, which was which was fantastic in terms of mobile gameplay, mobile gaming. Um, so people playing on their mobile devices is by far and away the, the the largest access point to to gamers, and we're seeing that that is becoming you know ever more um, important an experience for the gaming community and also the brands that want to reach gamers. So I think over the next five years, if I were to, to think about that um, on the fly, I think that the, the biggest defining factor for gaming probably in the next five years will be the launch of 5G and 5G's influence on um, the gaming experience for mobile gamers and what that then means for our brands and the experiences that we can deliver them in a mobile gaming environment. All right. And in that PLG as well. Step in and in it. that as well, yeah. So I mean, you know, we we've um, where we'll be in five years, I don't know. We've changed a lot in the last one year, but I think you know, if you look at how we will scale and where we'll be, I think we'll we'll be you know multiple locations across across Mina. Um, we've just picked up a contract uh, which will which will see us in um, outside of Mina as well, which is super exciting. So I think you know, home of PLG. Uh, is the Emirates working Mina wide, but it would be great to scale with some uh, some some hub offices in some some of the Mina territories as well. Nice. This is what I wish you. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for the chat and yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Nice. Nice to know more about the game. Absolutely. Well, you guys are welcome here anytime. Come down and check the show out. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and follow us wherever you are listening to this podcast. Also, check it out our episode up YouTube channel to get the best show experience. Be inspired, get ideas, learn from business mistakes, and discover the United Arab Emirates business community. Thank you so much and till the next episode.